Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, we are back. How are you both? Oh, just great. Good. Just you know, it's, great. It's nice recording in the afternoon. I yeah, feel back awake. Grassroots. It's sunny. My light yeah, is better. Uh, yeah, the dogs are barking in my neighborhood, so that's Not great. Not the motorcycles? No, no, it's that's, just dogs. That's later okay. in the episode. Oh, that's later on. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's um, you know, is it garden on a Wednesday? Is the garbage day? So we should be fine there. But then you know, the highway. I don't know how busy it's going to be right now, but there's nothing special going on. Not too this. many dogs on the highway today. I think. No, no, not at all. Usually, yeah, no. <laughs> just that's not you know. Maybe that's paw. No, no. Okay. All right. We'll just we'll keep going then, guys. I think there's only one way to open the show, and that's asking the question: What can Mitch Marner learn from Matthew Perot? I, I don't know how you want me to answer that question. I really don't. I don't know. Went right at it. I don't know how to answer that question. There's just so much to unpack. Last night was a fun night in the grand scheme of things. There were some blowouts. There was one in the favor of a team that we talk about on this podcast. There was a blowout towards a team that we talk about on this podcast. And there was a close loss, but I think it went to OT with the Ducks. It was another team that we have a have a, have a fascination with on the show. But um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Daniel, as a Ducks fan, cherish these moments because once they get good and – Turn out like this, you're gonna hate your. You're gonna hate watching that team. <laughs> on the horizon, kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. what I'm kind of betting on right now. Where it's just there's a mistake happening or a big loss, and I'm like, it's all part of the learning process. It's it's the growing pains. Cool the first time. Yeah. Hope John Gibson feels the same way in the next few years. Ah, uh, you know they kind of have to take a step this year, right? Yeah, because the past kind of two have just been like, what's happening? And then all of a sudden the Ducks are off to a good start. And you're like, oh, that's weird. How? You haven't done anything. But then it's just like, okay, young guys are finally stepping up. That's nice. They literally didn't do anything. No. no. <laughs> Did you see? Okay, so there's one thing I just want to say before we move on to uh, the other teams. But you know what I'm really surprised about is the accountability in the locker room. So Maxime Comtois had like one... I mean, like he made like a huge mistake and he had one bad game. And this yeah. is guys like probably one of the leading scorers and he was scratched. Oh God. Yeah. And then he, he, he screened for one of Van Heim's goals last night. Right. And he kind of earned his stripes back. Yeah. Yeah. Accountability. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Thing. A great thing. And the youngins, they're in the top nine again. So that's good. Mason McTavish should not play in the fourth line when he comes back from injury. No. Uh, that's a, you know, I was so surprised. I'm pretty sure Carter Rowney is on like, is he on Detroit now? Because I thought I saw him last night in Montreal's game, and I'm like, shouldn't you be in Anaheim? <laughs> it's okay, it's he's like Nick Delorier. Or like, well, yeah, him, Delorier, Derek Grant. The thing What's is, he's on? 32 years old, so he's not within Bob Murray's age range anymore. So it's just it's tough to fit him in on the team, you know, how things go. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> Um, I, I think there's only sort of one way to open the show, and that is talking about, well, I mean, we'll start with the Leafs. Okay. <laughs> um, Pain. It wasn't... It, see, the, the the joke going around the league were that the Leafs were going to lose last night's game, but realistically, um, the, the, the expectation that's with that team is there was no excuse to lose last night. And that was because they went up against the... You probably heard this all over. They went to Pittsburgh. They were there. They got an extra hour's rest from the game against the Sharks, which was so dumb, by the way. Um, the Penguins were without Chris Letang. 
pretty good player. They were without Sidney Crosby. You may have heard of him. Without Jeff Carter, you may have heard of him. May have uh, without Evgeny Malkin, you may have heard of him. And without Brian Rust, I believe it was the center depth was like Evan Rodriguez, Teddy Bluger, Brian Boyle, and was it O'Connor? Drew O'Connor scored twice. Yeah. I'd like to say two of those guys burned to their former team in a sense. What do you mean? Brian Boyle. Oh, yeah! That was a And thing. remember when Evan Rodriguez was a leaf for a bit because he was in the cabinet trade? Yeah, for they like didn't, yeah, they didn't yeah. qualify him, right? And he just went back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Because his qualifier was like almost like over $2 million, I think. Really? Yeah. Because that was like the Buffalo contract. <laughs> Forgot that was a thing. Yeah. Anyway, though, um, the Leafs go into that game and um, they lose by a significant margin. It was one to seven. Significant. There, there are. It's <laughs> <a> rather large. <laughs> Sorry. Go it wasn't on. fun. It wasn't. Well, Alex, enjoy the laughing because I feel like you're going to be very upset in a minute. Here. It was a sarcastic laugh. Um, we can get to some of the stuff later on here. Um, okay, we'll get to the quotes a little later. I just want to open with this though, because. After Boston Game 7, Mark 2, they didn't fire Babcock. They were patient. He, he got a lot more time than I think people thought Dewis was going to give him, right? Uh, until that game against the Penguins when everything just died. And then in the case, there was the game against Vegas where Flurry was just like, hey there, what's up? Save of the year, and you're Nick gone. Nick Patan did his he best. Ro- yeah, he robs <laughs> Nick Patan of all guys. He did. Um, they did not overreact after the David Ayers game, as we know. Um if there's one thing, if we're expecting what happened, if there will be fallout from this game, is that there will not be a panic move because this management group does not seem to have them in there. So I think the first thing is sort of transition here because I think I, we all know where we're going to start here. It is basically on no one but the players right now. And we can talk about Keith later, but... It is on those big four right now. Even just really just pick out big three because Nylander's been yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, let's not include Nylander in this because he has literally been their best player. Like, I, I cannot pick out a best player, um, another player to go in front of William Nylander as the Leafs' current player, mm-hmm. uh, current best player. This idea that it's six games into the season – and I think it does apply in this conversation, is baloney. Like, it is. It's just, it's disappointing that time and time again, we're sitting here and we're like, well, you know, they'll learn their lesson. It's like, this is their sixth season together. Never forget the first two years. Like, you know what? Fine. The first two years, we'll give them a pass. They're 19 years old, 20 years old. Whatever. Just to clarify, which which would those be the Matthews rookie year, and then the 2017, and then the first Bruins series? Just to just to yeah. give people a okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So the the issues I'm talking about are starting on time and playing the full 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Those are the main issues of this team. The the crux of it is pretty much you either need to start on time and you need to play the full 60 minutes. And last night, what we saw is they started on time, but didn't play the full 60 minutes. And in the night before against San Jose was they didn't start on time, but they did. And but they also didn't play the full 60 minutes. Like, it's just what's at what point is it they haven't learned the lesson and someone needs to be reprimanded for this, whether it is a player, they already got a coach fired. They yep. already got a coach fired against this team exactly. Some assistance too. Some assistance, and you want, want it? Let's. We'll, you want to talk about the power play being bad? The power play is the same guys. This is their third coach. At what point is it? Hey, maybe it's not the system, but maybe it's the players. You're right. I think a lot of the blame should be put on the players. Not all of it, because I think at some point, coaching and management deserve their blame, and they most definitely do. My -hmm. patience is running very thin. Um, But again, it's the players who do not look like, I know they care, but it doesn't show on the ice. Um, 
there's that expectation where you're six games in and again, it's a team that's meant to contend. And the way I saw everything was San Jose's loss, like the loss of San Jose is like the progress report you have early on saying, are you headed in the right direction? Mm -hmm. And then you go into Pittsburgh where literally everyone not named Jake Gensel, who was a forward was a depth guy. And to lose like that, it's just reminding me of, did you learn anything from the night before? Did you learn anything from what you were supposed to do out there? I, it was, this was probably like the worst loss I've seen in quite some time. It's kind of like, um, a lot's been made lately about the shooting percentages. Um, and I just don't, I don't mean the actual quotes, but I think what you kind of see is, and when, when I was watching some, some of that San Jose Sharks game, so I was kind of going back and forth because whoever Montreal were playing then, I think it was Carolina, and they were getting butchered. And it was like, yeah, I'm not wasting my time with this. Um, and um, like looking at, at that, and it was like, okay, but we knowing the Leafs, they're going to get another one here, right? It's going to happen. But when their shooting percentages aren't sort of going, and you know, obviously that will even out, Marner and Matthews are going to score. That's not a question. But it just sort of highlights that full like level of consistency throughout the game. Um, it's not just more of the sort of just keep to the process. Yeah, the process will work. You're going to get your points, but it's the, it's the whole team play. That is just sort of under even more of a microscope because they aren't scoring at the moment. You know what I mean? Did anybody watch All or Nothing? Like, are we blind? I'm genuinely curious because the thing that Sheldon Keefe brought up in episode one is now reappearing for a sixth straight season. And we're all sitting here saying, well, the shooting percentage, this, and I know that that's, this isn't the point you're trying to make, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the shooting percentage, this and goals expected this, that's not the point. The point isn't the stats. The point is they cannot play a full 60 minute game. I've seen them maybe do it three or four times over the last few years. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You ask to be paid Big boy money, you need to play big boy games. So you mentioned big boy. Um, shall I read two Mitch Marner quotes then quickly for you? Quickly, just this isn't just Mitch Marner. I want to be very clear. <laughs> I'm not throwing Mitch Marner under the bus. I'm throwing the entire team under the bus because it's ridiculous. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Okay, so this is uh, James Myrtle has these on uh, on his inst- on his Twitter. Sorry. Um, first one I read here again, both from Mitch Marner. Obviously, it's not going in. I think we produced good opportunities. I thought we've uh, we've had some good looks. We haven't had a lot of second opportunities. Um, says frustrate says getting frustrated won't help anything. Uh, before I read the second one, second chances. Have you seen Spets's goals the last? Week? It's literally just crashing the net and getting every sort of rebound you can. Um, and then the second quote. We're still early in the season. Obviously, it's not what we wanted. Day off in Carolina, fresh page. Go over what we did wrong tonight. We have a lot of things we did wrong. Um, by the way, they, I, I believe so. The, yeah, the next game's in Carolina, and it's against Freddie Anderson. Oh, and they're gonna get shut out. The way that he, because what is he four and zero or something to start? Yeah, the he's doing so well. Yeah. Um. It is no because I made a joke when I quote tweeted this because you know it was was this what was said after the Columbus thing it was shooting percentage and then the series after Montreal was it wasn't going in it's you know what I mean it's it's just this thing of the more and more I watch Mitch Marner the more I'm kind of like are you I don't want to call him soft but it's kind of like this and I'll, I'll pick on Mitch Marner here I don't care like. I don't know if he's a player who's quite ready to do what it takes to win. You know what I mean? Like every yeah. the, the example everyone thinks of is like when the Caps are going on their cup run and you see Alex Ovechkin blocking a shot. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Mitch Marner's never blocked a shot, but you know there was this play. Like there's a mental thing still with Mitch. There was this look when at, at some point Nylander was was um sort of put on that line, right? And Nylander is right there. You could have given him the puck and he could have gone around the net and just made something happen. And Mitch just held on to it and got knocked off the puck. And you're like, that's not Mitch Marner. No, that's, that's the thing. It's a mental. I, I'm so convinced it's a mental thing because Mitch Marner, you brought a blocking shot as an example. 
There was a tweet going around the other night about uh, Mitch Marner uh, first series against Boston, blocking mm-hmm. a shot, 10 seconds to go in the game or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was there. So what happened to it? Like, where did it all go? Mm-hmm. It, it, did it disappear? Like, I, I can't imagine any of this. And with the quotes, Daniel brought up accountability before. Zero accountability. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard an ounce of accountability from three quarters of this roster. You know who the only guy who's accountable? Um, Muzzin? Jake it's, Muzzin. I would say Jason Spezza. Yeah, but Jason Spezza's producing. Yeah. It's so funny. My mom was like, what does Jason Spezza make? I'm like, league men. She said, what, so he can stay there? I'm like, yeah. And it's just like, so by the way, um, Alex, I'll read you, you guys here, the two um, quick Muzzin quotes here, also from Myrtle. Uh, quote, we've got to go back to the drawing board. We're going to have to work a lot harder to win. It's inexcusable. Myself and him and Hall were not great. Um, everyone, we need to be better. The mood ain't great, but it's early in the season. Let's see how we respond. Um, and I might quickly just sort of um, say these two quotes here from Sheldon Keith as well. Um, one, um, this is, he's asked about Marner's offensive drought in the season, um, back to back games where it seems like he has not held back about calling out the stars. He's not the only one on the team, uh, who's got to find their game. And I'm pretty sure that's also nodding to, to, um, to Austin maybe. And, and the reason I say not the first time he's been afraid to sort of say something is after the Sharks game, we heard the same thing is people were criticizing Nick Ritchie. Fair enough, but then he said you should be asking the same questions about Austin and Mitch. The second Keith quote, by the way, quote, I have a lot of thoughts, not many good ones. So, I want to know something, guys. What do you want to know? Where do you go from here? You win the next game. I, I, I don't know. You have to win the next game. There's no easy answer to this. Like I, there's a reason they have, like, they have to have that answer that mm-hmm. the coaching and management group there, along with the leadership group with the players have to have an answer because no one else, like I don't, I don't think you trade, you brought up panic moves before. I think most general managers in the league would not make a panic move. There's a reason they're in that spot. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that when there's these people are talking on Twitter, right? Like they have that job for a reason. I think there's more than just, I'm going to make a panic move. Yep. You do line combinations in a way that I, I guess it's something that we haven't really seen with Sheldon Keefe, I guess. And I'm not saying that I advocate for a Mike Babcock type of way, but do you put one of the stars in the bottom six just to start? Do to you say- see them? Oh, that's that's that one's do the Tortorella. I was gonna bring that up because um there was something where and again these are just from writers. This is not from the actual team, mm-hmm. but a lot of people saying I'm surprised Sean Monahan's on the fourth line. If I was the coach, I would have put him in the press box. Yeah, man. And must I say that's a very expensive fourth line they have right now because yeah. Milan Lucic is on there. <laughs> yeah, that's um, weird. A, a message has to be sent to the players. And mm-hmm. I think bare minimum, there needs to be line shuffling. Move Marner off of Matthew's wing. Bare minimum. I'm sorry. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I don't want Marner, Matthews, Nylander. I want Matthews, Nylander, and I want Marner somewhere else. Just give it a try. For Like, why is that so hard Like to comprehend? Get Bunting to plant his butt in front of the net and let Matthews take shot. If it's a rebound, but at least Bunting's there. The Bunting butt. Did 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 Tavares not have his like 47, 49 goal year with Marner as his winger? Yes. He did. And, yeah. and Austin doesn't need him to score 50. No. He so, scored 40 with William Nylander, and now he's better. With a show and like And before the injury, he was on pace for an amazing year, remember, with Casper Kapanen. He should have like 350 all years, but he just kept getting hurt. So, you know, 40 in his rookie year. As you were saying, like it's not even a not even a question. You know who I felt really bad for about last night, by the way. Yeah, M- Michael Hutchinson just had to l- just take a shot there. Like when I saw he started the third, I just thought, my poor guy here. 
just absolutely like like that man was just because you knew the game was over and obviously you don't want to probably risk Campbell getting hurt, but like both of them just got just hung out. No, like Hutchinson wasn't good against the Sharks. That's just a fact. But no, they left their whole goalies hung out to dry. Yep, they yep. did. They they really did. Like it's that simple. It's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing and, on all fronts. And at this point right now too, just I don't know where they go from there from here. When it comes to the goalie question, because the injuries, like who's really been consistent for them? I don't know who would you go with. First line center, Jason Spezza. Bunting on the left, Nylander on the right, and there you go. You have to prove that you get rewarded for, for, for doing well. You have to prove that you get rewarded for doing well. And, and if Jason Spezza does not even touch the top six, Next game, it's an extreme, extreme failure because so, it, it, it's, yeah. But, oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say you, you have to have like not a reward system. There are $11 million players and it yeah. doesn't look like that. So uh, I guess we're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Like you guys are 19, 20 years old. Go back to what Babcock was doing, not the not what he was doing behind the scenes, what he was doing with the lines. You know how well Marner looked next to JVR and Bozak? Yeah, that was a good line. That was the third line. Not bad. What were you gonna say, Daniel? I was gonna say that as one like one step you could take for next game where yeah. you put him in the bottom six, maybe on the third line. And then if it's still not the same thing, it just, I'm just thinking of the Matt Martin, Mitch Marner line. Remember that yes. where I'm like, Hey, that's the point where it's like, okay, what you put him with Wayne Simmons and Pierre Engvall at that point. I think the answer is clear and it's just go get Matt Martin back. Get one of Mitch's past hockey dads back. You know, he's going to be, he's not like if Lou could yeah. protect a guy like that in the expansion draft, Lou would somehow get Nylander in the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing him somehow. Spets a two. And somehow like a conditional seventh because just cause because the league is dumb. But yeah, I just Um listen, uh for me it's like I, I don't care. Like you just like we criticized Ralph Kruger for like the sitting Jeff Skinner thing, but like Skinner just had to figure it out. With with Mitch too, it's just like him and Austin, like, if I'm the coach, call me crazy, and maybe this is why I'm not a coach, I sit both of them, and I just say, you sit there, and you look at what you've done, because they, again, you talked about their Alex, they, they, there's, there cannot be any entitlement, and I'm not saying that this is their mindset, but what I will say is there is a pocket of Leafs Nation that thinks they are entitled. Because of those contracts, yeah, yeah, and, they got, yeah. yeah, no, because they got like, and listen, I, like, my opinion is simply like Matthews is underpaid, but the term, like, I don't think anyone can complain about the AAV. It's just the term that scares people. And if he resigns, and this is not even a problem, we all know Marner's overpaid, Nylander's underpaid, Tavares is extremely fair, and we'll see. And let's also not let off Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin, even though Hall, like Muzzin, was at least extremely honest. Um, which you he always is. He's always a great mm-hmm. quote for the city. And they are very lucky this game was not in Toronto because it would have been more oh than a single jersey this time. Waffles would have made a comeback. Yeah, they were not. They they have not looked. That pairing has not looked good this season. And there's there are people are talking about it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some type of Jake Muzzin injury because this does not look like Jake Muzzin. Didn't one of the goals like go off his knee, or am I thinking yeah. Lilligren? No, uh, maybe both. Honestly, there, there's mm-hmm. a good chance it was both. <laughs> I could see a reshuffle there as well because I know Justin Hall's just. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a reduced role, at least for the next one or two games. I just try to figure out something that you could balance yeah. out. Yeah, you go like Muzzin. Lilligren, Sandine, or Dermot and Hall. Maybe you go Dermot and Hall because I think that was actually there. That worked well in the AHL. If yeah. I'm, uh, if I'm not correct, it, it's it's just this whole. I, I think they're. I hate to say they're entitled, but like man, you asked for these contracts, mm-hmm. and, and and I I'm the one I always say you know and it, the the guys. The fans in the NHL just obsess over the salary cap, but there's kind of a reason for it. There's kind of a reason for it. When, yeah. 
No, sorry. I like I went to talk, but then for some reason, some reason my throat just and my mic will not work. God damn it! Oh. Okay. Okay. No, I, I just. I, they asked for these contracts, and now it's it's they don't look good. I don't know what it is. Like I don't have the answer, and and I think it's ridiculous to say that they're not good. Like we've seen them be good. We know what they can be. I just think that's a disingenuous answer, and that's also just plainly not true. Austin Matthews almost scored fifty goals last year. Mitch Marner was top five in scoring in the regular season last year. Like, what, does the skill, did I miss something? Does skill disappear? You you know who was a 90-point player and then people just criticize his ability to play in the big game the older he's gotten in the Canadian market, who's also a winger? Phil Kessel. Former 99-point Johnny Goudreau. Yeah. Never forget. I just, that's, the similarities between Calgary and Toronto are hilarious. Um... And on that note, um, anything else we want to add onto the Leafs conversation here? We're on Mitch Marner watch, I think, for him for now, and then Austin Matthews. You're Will he ever score a goal? Listen, this idea that Marner's, they're going to trade Marner is ridiculous just because you're not going to trade him when you know you're going to lose that trade. That's yeah. some like This management group will not trade Mitch Marner, I guarantee you. I all I guarantee this this uh, management group will not trade them because it'll look bad when they lose the trade. But when MLSC inevitably hires Peter Shirelli, then it's okay to lose the trade. I I count down every day to it um, because the content will be great. If Peter Shirelli's hired by this team, I I I'll, I'm gonna contemplate this my fandom. Like I have a question for Alex. Yeah, would you rather? Peter Shirelli or John Ferguson Jr. comes back. Neither can I choose neither. <laughs> okay, all right, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Can I choose neither? Because he's working his way back up in Boston. Yeah, I heard, what's no I heard in Arizona? I saw oh, he's in Arizona, yes. Yeah, I saw someone yeah. say Mark Hunter. I'm like, if if they do that, I, I'm done. I'm done. It's over. I, I think here's the thing you go. It's like Hunter wouldn't trade Mitch because London Knight guy. Um I feel like Ferguson has learned motorcycles. Good to see you. Not to mention he's been under Boston for a while. Look at the work Armstrong's doing in Arizona. If he can learn there, I think Ferguson Jr. might actually be a better bet. Um, Sorelli is just ground zero. You stay away from that. Um, Edmonton are just starting to recover from that. We will talk about them later because they're off to a magical start, and um, and they are loving it in Alberta. Well, maybe not so much in Calgary, but you know, Markstrom's looking a little better to start the year, I think. On the other side, um, last time we recorded the show, the Habs had not won a game. And now they have. Woo! Let's the streak go. is over. The ah. losing streak is over. They won. They won. Woo. Yeah. Really? In a very entertaining game. That was like, you know, what a great way to end the, end the streak. You know what? It was funny because they started really well in the game, I thought. Uh, and then Ben Chirot took a trip and I, I you do not want to. I. I, I didn't know how to, and, and Detroit Larkin scored like eight seconds into that power play. They're down one nothing. You're thinking, oh, here we go again. It's Groundhog Day, ladies and gentlemen, and Ben Chirot's the handbook. But then, like, off of some great work for like a wicked pass and patience from Jonathan Drew, and Big Ben goes bar down to tie the game up. And and I, I don't you don't understand the reaction I had when Ben Chirot scored that goal. <laughs> I thought of you at the time. I just, I legit did not know what I was watching. My jaw was on the floor for the rest of the period because I couldn't believe it. Big Ben. <laughs> Big Ben. Um, but but the, it just, it was a, such a good, it was an amazing shot. Bar down again. It was great. Again, it, it all came from Jonathan Drouin, who continues to be so good this year, right? Fun, fun stuff. Um, but the big story coming out of the game, beside the fact that they won, they actually looked like a team for the first time this year. Um, the hometown boy, the Drummondville native, Machu Perot, gets the, the first Quebecois to score a hat trick at the Bell Center since 1998, being Vinny Donfus. What a cool moment for him. And they were chanting his name. What a cool moment wow. for the hometown boy. That's so cool. That is pretty cool. Remember, he was my dark horse pick for this team where it's like he's going to work his way back up or he's going to be one of those scoring guys in the top nine. Man, honestly, 
he shut me up. Like, he's been, so, like, quietly, like, obviously not, like, a, you know, he's playing fourth-line center before last night's game. Like, just quietly was a good player. Like, I remember he was talking about, you know, he obviously had that four-goal game in Winnipeg a couple of years ago, but he's like, you know what? They were chanting my name in the Bell Center, and they don't do that um, in Winnipeg, obviously. Suck it. Even though the three stars from Montreal were all former Winnipeg Jets. And by the so way, um, Ben Sherratt, uh, yep. Matthew Perot, and yep. uh, Yol Armia. No, um, mm-hmm. with a pair of assists, it was Sami Niku. Oh, oh my I goodness. forgot about Sami Niku. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about Sami Niku. Okay, okay. So, so just some quick little stats I'll just read off for you guys. So first off, the first note I had was Drew and is my dad. Um, love you, Joe. <laughs> Um, bar down bad, I mentioned that. Uh, Dvorak got his first goal as a half. It was such a crappy bounce, though. But, you know, Montreal kind of needed one of those. Uh, Niku had the pair, and obviously, what would end up being the game winner, that second goal, was a power play from Mike Hoffman. And what a fucking shot. But yeah, it was it was, uh, it was was all the Jets. It was Perot first star. I think Niku was second, and Ben Chirot was third, just to shut me up. <laughs> but it was... Ex- Yes, it's but that's the listen. Ow, I just elbowed the corner of my desk. Oh, oh it's like a drawer that's slightly pulled yeah. out. And I just hit the corner. Oh. oh, if that was like a few millimeters, it was the right at the tip of my elbow. That could have been so much worse. Anyway, um, Montreal are still in a hole, but um, there could not have probably been a better way being a six-one win, uh, to start built like digging themselves out of it. <laughs> Yeah, like I, we've had this discussion about other players before, and I think it applies to the te- uh, to a team concept as well. You need to get when you're in a in a rut. You just need to get one, whether it's a goal, an assist, a win, whatever. And in this case, I think Montreal just needed a win, and it doesn't matter who that they got it against Detroit. It's just they got the win. That's big for them because Detroit has. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the yeah. Jimmy Detroit, Howard era. The, yes, the Detroit's Detroit's been there with that weird team, like Toronto's Ottawa. Yeah, you meant Danny. You mentioned Jim Howard. I want to say one of Jimmy Howard's last two wins was against the Habs. One of them, at least, because obviously, you know, they were awful. I forgot it's, about that. I'd like yeah. to say one thing before we get out to Montreal. It's just I'm always going to remember that meme they had, where Jimmy Howard wasn't re-signed by Detroit. And he's like, I'm definitely still interested in playing. And then Edmonton calls and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember we, when we talked about that. It's so bad that you know, two wins and he still didn't want to show up. Like it was that bad in Edmonton. But hey, I mean, looking at it now. Um, what's good about Montreal is I think probably the big difference that you've seen there from other games is they had the first goal against and they didn't let themselves fall into the trap. They actually went down. But you talk about just one. Caulfield had an assist in that game, so that's going to be he best game of the season, by the way. He actually looked like the confidence was there for him again. Made a few moves, trying to go behind, between his legs. Um, Petrie wasn't shooting the puck on the power play, so that was pretty hot. Um, but it was the thing of Montreal didn't just lose themselves after being scored on once. They actually, and again, it's Detroit, but it's a win. And they needed one desperately. That's what I thought too. Like it was one goal. And what I thought about that was, okay, you're trailing. This is the same as all the other games. Are you going to learn from that mistake? Are you going to learn from what you did there, Ben Schrott? And I think he did. So I think that was what was good about it is that they minimized the mistakes early on and they just kept going what they could. Mm-hmm. My elbow still really hurts, by the way, from doing that. I'm really upset about what just happened. But hey, life is good. A power play going back-to-back games still allowed one on the PK, which, you know, you kind of not like to see. And Jake Allen was good again. So it's good. It's a good feeling. It was actually like what you saw a big difference was they just couldn't seem to have actually taken any shots. Like it was... Sort of, I talked about it, chip and chase and hope your forecheck goes well. They were actually carrying the puck in. They were actually taking shots. And you're thinking, like, where was this? Like, like I'm just thinking to myself, where was this seven days ago? Where was this at the home opener, please? We just wanted that. But I think also a big thing was it was just nice to see the Bell Center having fun again. Because we haven't seen that in so long. Especially with full capacity back. Yeah. 
No, they adjusted. I said last episode, and you made fun of me for it, that they had to adjust, and they adjusted. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I knew they had to adjust because they hadn't won a game. I know, and they they adjusted, and they won. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And it didn't help that before then you were like, yeah, well, how's Phil Deneau doing in L.A.? No, that's fair. That's totally fair. That's was like, totally well, fair. That wasn't my intention, but that's totally fair. But hey, um, now they go to look to Seattle. You know what? Um, Montreal, like, so now they go on a bit of a road trip to California, right? And sort of just down there. I know Seattle's not in California. Shut up, people. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's always that saying of, like, it's good to have a road trip earlier in the year. So yeah. even if they're not winning every game, like, start building. Like, like I could see some familiarity with the Habs again, which was really nice to see. Um now, I just want to kind of transition into Seattle here because they had their home opener last night. First off, that arena looks sick, by the way. Nice. The two Jumbotrons are really cool. This that was, yeah, that was interesting to me. They're like, oh, he invested in not one. Friedman but was, two. was like, hey, so no matter where you are, you can see a replay. And I thought to myself, so there are obstructed seats. Yeah. Was kind of thinking, I'm like, you know, it happens in arenas, but I was just thinking, okay, cool. But like, how like deep it is, and how like there are windows from the park outside. I really want to, I've not been one to like be like, I want to go to this arena, but I really want to go to Climate Pledge. Awful you know what, name still, but you know, you know, what I thought I thought about it. What? Well, Seattle's learned its lesson, they're no longer penny pitching, they're showing that we are spending for a team. We are sorry about the Seattle Supersonics. But we will do our best with the Seattle Kraken. And and they did spend because when, yeah. they, when they redid the arena, they couldn't get rid of the roof. Yeah, I don't remember why the city, like, I don't remember exactly why. So they just suspended the roof as they built the rest of the arena. And like, it, there was pictures of it. It was ridiculous. Seattle's weird because like, even when the Sonics were good, they yeah. didn't want to renovate the key arena, like the na- the, the prior name to yeah. it. And then. Suddenly, Seattle comes in, and we're like, we're all in for the hockey team. Mm-hmm. Their fans sounded wild too. We'll see if that actually carries on because they're not off to a great start. Would have been nice if Grubauer hadn't just, you know, let everything go between his legs for that last goal. But you know, good for the Canucks to get a win, by the way, because they kind of needed to start getting it going. But um, there were two things about Seattle I need to talk to you two about. Listen, I hate being the fun police. But I think being a Habs fan, I sort of have a standard when it comes to banners. So first off, Seattle retired number 32 last night, um, being the 32, like 32nd team. And apparently a big thing was to their 32,000 fans that had the season ticket deposits in a single day. Not to mention, like, it's not like that was the only thing because Batman was trying to go Seattle for like a decade, but we're in all that. Listen. Like, Vegas did their thing for the shooting their first year, right? Like, that is, Siri, you can do that, okay? I think Minnesota have it too. They've retired a number for the fans. I think it's like number one or something. Retiring a number because fans bought tickets to a place that was, they've been trying to get like an NHL team there for years. The worst kept secret in hockey. I cannot stand that they retired a number. They have no right to do that. Well, they do because they spent billions of dollars, but re- like nearly $2 billion on the arena and getting the team itself, I, I'm, I'm sickened that they retired it for the fans. I hate it. They don't deserve it. They do not. It's, there's no special circumstances. Oh, great. You bought a bunch of tickets. You didn't need to. We were getting the team anyway. I, ridiculous. How dare you? Not to mention 30, 32. That's a goalie number. How dare you? Ridiculous. Call me the fun police. It's sickening. When did 32 score a playoff goal? Just try to do something for the fans. It's called it's marketing. I don't we know. gave you a team. That's not you the know, point. It's you have still have to build. It's great that they have a team, but you can also they gave Phoenix a team, and 20 years later they're still trying to drum up fan success. We talk, we've had this discussion so many times, right? About feet about Arizona, they they still can't get it done right. They've tried everything, five owners, whatever amount of owners. They'll cancel everything. Drum the tried everything. They can't drum. I'm not saying this was the right way to do it, but they had to do something. And three, four, five years ago, watching Vegas do what they did, it had to be big, regardless of what it was. That's what I thought too. Where Vegas, this is a, and this is just an assumption where you have that team that creative team looking into things and 
again, I'm going to use another meme example where it's like, how many of these things do you want happening this year? And then the answer is just yes. Listen, you, you got a cool thing. You had the expansion draft. You know, you, you made some good signings in the offseason. A win's going to do a lot. Like Phoenix can retire number 69, Phil Kessel. I know that's not his number. You can do all the memes you want. It doesn't, that's not going to help. I, I just, I just think it's so awful. But 60, just, but Phil retiring Phil Kessel has nothing to do with the fans. It's, I'm not saying it's right. It just, it's a connection between the teams and the team and the fans. Retiring Phil Kessel is irregard, like doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because he's been there for two years. The whole point is a connection between the teams and the fans. And Arizona has not been able to do that. But like, you, so Seattle, I like Seattle because of what they've done and like how inclusive their front off. Like they are like legit trend. They have a unique arena, which like no one does in this league. And winning will help too. I just personally, I look at banners and they should mean something to the game. The fan, no offense. I'm just saying, yeah, you're loud. Okay, okay. I'm just, just, I'm just saying it's, I look at Montreal's, I look at the Bell Center and I see, oh God, there's Law, there's the Richard brothers, there's that. There's something for the Alouettes there. There's all the cup banners. I don't need number one retired for, for, for fan. I don't need it. Okay, so let me ask you about this one then. So, on um, the 32 Thoughts segment on Hockey Night in Canada, just call it headlines. It's so dumb. Or just call it 32 Thoughts. Like, just not the Hockey Night in Canada, 32 Thoughts. Like, like and, one name. and get Ron off the panel because just let Jeff host it. They're trying to make Jeff an insider. It's just... They are. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you have, it, uh, it's so weird. It's so weird. Anyway, yeah, anyway, anyway. Um, so, f- Merrick mentioned on, on the segment... That he and he's been talking about this for a while, actually. If you've listened to whatever shows he's been on, so for those of you who are not aware, Seattle and Montreal actually have a bit of history. There was, I think, around the time of the Spanish flu, they had a finals that didn't finish, and it, I think the series was tied two two. So you could joke that the game on Tuesday when Montreal's in Seattle could be for that cup. He is speculating that possibly, and these were these were the Seattle Metropolitans. They actually beat Montreal in 1917 for the Stanley Cup. He speculates they may raise the banner that night. Now, I do not hate having the banner there. But I swear, if the Habs do not win that game, when you are have the nerve to be in this league for like a week, and you raise a banner against the team who just lost in the Cup Final... If Montreal do not see that as a slap in the face, like if you want to have it, go ahead. Do it on opening night. If Montreal don't win that game, I'm going to come on this show and I'm going to lose it because that is such a, like it's good theater. Like I, it's, it's better than the fans getting a banner, but I just, I'll just be careful. Seattle and Montreal, you better show up for that game. You better. It's a cool thing though. But like I do, I, I think you can have the banner there cause it's for the city, but you know, yeah, I think it's important to. Um, That's gutsy. I, I think it's important to honor the hits. Like I get they're not the Seattle Metropolitans, but this isn't like Winnipeg moving to Arizona and then Arizona having all of Winnipeg's records. That's, That's very awful. different. Yeah, that's lame. Um, and then also that they don't have their records back. By the way, whatever separate issue. But like I think recognizing that history and talking about it is is a again great way to bring fans aboard it works in every other sport it really does like it just does it's just how it works yeah okay uh continuing technical difficulties whatever um also looking at that 32 thoughts segment um apparently now tyler bertuzzi is expected to soon be the only unvaccinated player in the nhl uh, that means yes, it looks like Mackenzie Blackwood is getting it done again. I'm 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 positive it had something to do with the Olympics. I guarantee it. Um, also, some of the big news here, and uh, this is to do with Jack Eichel. Um, Elliot sort of maybe put a thing out that maybe Eichel could file a grievance if the sort of trade or even his surgery is sort of resolved within two weeks max. Of max of um, I'm going to. Yeah. I'm I'm unplugging it. I'm not dealing with it. 
Okay. Okay, whatever. Do I sound right? Yeah, you're good. Go. Good. This is from Emily Kaplan, the best uh, reporter in the world right now, for hockey at least. Uh, As I reported on the point, the focus has shifted for Jack Eichel this week. Trade market went quiet. So Eichel's camp is, quote, bombarding Sabres management with medical opinions they have collected. One last attempt to convince Buffalo to let Eichel get his preferred surgery. So you can kind of think that what he's done is he's gone to as many doctors as he probably can to say, this is the best surgery for me. So maybe this is, again, another attempt to try and get something done as soon as possible for Jack Eichel. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Friedman brought it up a couple weeks ago about the net he still has a like disc touching the nerve like this isn't going away right so he's sitting here i can't imagine like i imagine his training is extremely limited because of that and he still needs to get surgery like it's kind of getting ridiculous at this point that we're we don't have a resolution whether Mm -hmm. it's a trade because there are teams who are willing to trade for him who are willing to let him get the surgery that he wants. Mm-hmm. So what's the holdup at this point? Now it took a while. They can see the medical records. They can, but no retention of salary and we need conditional pay. And we're now fine with conditional picks. Mm-hmm. It's just, this process has been so slow in changing. And again, I'm convinced that Kevin Adams is not running this trade. Mm-hmm. And I forgetting the human, like, I think a lot of it is like the human factor to it as well. Right. I'm so sympathetic with Jack Eichel, especially as all of this has transpired, as we've seen the weeks go by when we always have updates on what's going on with him. Like this guy's going to miss the season. Yeah. This guy is going to miss the Olympics. Yep. This yep. guy is someone who I believe gave it his all to Buffalo and now at the point there is there's just no payoff towards it i know kevin adams is not the only one who is responsible for this but it's just reached a point now where i don't know what buffalo's gonna do like what happens if no one meets that price no one meets what they want they they want out of this trade that it's just you're gonna let a guy like this and they've mentioned before dan carcillo's also mentioned it that just you let a guy like that just stay as is the reason we're in this situation and his value is so low, is lower than expected amongst the league is because we've, they've waited this long to do these very simple things that you'd assume that a GM would do. It's also way more difficult to do a trade in the middle of the season when everyone's used other cap space. Yep, exactly. You know, I just don't understand. And I know that it's just, it just, to me, it just kind of feels like it just, it is an extremely personal thing right now. It's just Buffalo is demanding all of these provisions in a trade, but they're the ones who's really diminished his value. Like they're seriously the only ones who've actually been doing this themselves. Yeah. Wonder, um, wonder how far talks actually go with some teams about the trade stuff. Oh, that's annoying because, again, there's there's teams that are apparently saying, hey, we're cool with this surgery. All right, um, we'll just quickly finish here very, very quickly looking at some of the standings around the league. Um, Florida, we should have Baumgartner uh, back on to talk about uh, the Panthers. They have started the season. They haven't lost. They're 5-0. Uh, pretty good. The Sabres are now 3-1-1. They've lost their last two. Pretty fun game in New Jersey last night. Uh, we'll talk about New Jersey in a second here. Detroit, 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. The Leafs, 2-3-1. and one. Tampa, a bit of a slow start. They're 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Uh, The Bruins are only 2-1. and one. They've only played three games, which is weird. Um, Swayman looked good, then looked bad. Um, play Allmark more, idiots. He's only played one game. What are you doing? Uh, the Sens, 2-3, and three, blew a really bad game against the Rangers. That was pretty funny. Except when Chris Kreider scored and hurt Matt Murray. What a surprise. It was accidental, but I'm just saying there's a pattern. Um, the Habs won a game. We just won't look at the rest of the record. Woo! One and five. Okay. The Rangers, after losing their first game against Dallas, um, have all of a sudden swept their Canadian road trip. They're pretty good. 4-1. Hi, Mike. Uh, the Hurricanes are 4-0. Yes, very cocky. Nemi scoring. That's great, isn't it? Uh, the Penguins are 3-0-2. So are the Capitals. Again, Where's Backstrom? Ovechkin, though, still scoring goals. The Devils are 3-1, and one, not bad. 
Um, Jack Hughes is gone for a while with a separated shoulder. He's on IR. That is so disappointing. Yeah. He was having such a good start, eh? He was. And, like, you just heard it from the comments he made um, preseason, right? He was on 32 Thoughts and just other interviews he had done. There was, like, this maturity around him, kind of. Like, this, he was still, like, you could tell he's still a kid, but, like, there was this maturity of, like, we want to be good. Like, look at what we did this offseason. Look at what the team, like, look at what, like, oh, my God, Tom Fitzgerald believes in us. Mm-hmm. There's okay. some belief. Yeah, man, and they wanted to try and lock him up, so you wonder after this injury what, if they get a contract on what it looks like. Columbus are 3-2. and two. Fine. Okay. Um, the Flyers are 2-1-1. One, and one. Um, They defense is still questionable. Uh, the Islanders are 2-2-1. Two, two, mm, They'll not. figure it out. Every, hmm? No, I was going to say every team in the Metro is 500 or above. Yeah, the Metro is just doing <laughs> gross right now. That's, That's disgusting. Really on the West, the Blues are 4-0. Um, the young guys are getting the look there. Yeah. The Blues are looking good to start. They are. Tarasenko's looking like himself again. That's pretty great. My boy, Jordan Cairo. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, my boy, Robert Thomas. Um, the Wild are also 4-0 to start the year. That was pretty good. Talked about that game against Anaheim. Kaprizov, still pretty good. Very good. Um, the Stars are 3-2, and two, but who cares about Dallas? Um, the Jets are 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Mr. Hellebuck needs to wake up. The Avalanche, McKinnon's back, had some points last night. They had a big win. They're 2-3. and three. Uh, Nashville are 1-4. And, and the Coyotes and the Blackhawks have not won. Patrick Kane is apparently not completely out for tonight, but, you know, there's some COVID stuff going on with them. Um, Gustafson and that apparently are good to go, though. Um, we'll start from the bottom of the Pacific because 1-3 and three are the Vegas Golden Knights. They haven't won since they beat Seattle on opening night, but, you know. I'm sure they'll bounce back. Yeah, they the always The difference do. between them bouncing back and the Leafs bouncing back is that they've actually made it past the first round of the playoffs. So before anyone harps on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle have lost four straight. They're 1-4-1. One, one. The Kings are 1-3-1. One, and one. When did they lose four straight? Um, they do need some more defensemen, to be honest with you. When you really look at their little thin there. Um, the Ducks are 2-3-1. and one. They're fun to watch again, is mm-hmm. apparently what I've heard about the Ducks, which is cool. Weird They're flying about. out there. Are they flying Stop. together? Yes. 2-1-1 one one are your Calgary Flames. 3-2-1 and one are the Canucks. The Oilers and the Sharks have... Neither have lost. The Oilers are 5-0. The Sharks are 4-0. And I would just like to quickly highlight that this player has six points in four games, two goals, four assists. Eric Carlson is back, and I won't hear anything about it for the rest of the year. Uh, the Sharks are losing 2-0 right now. Uh, to yeah, the but to the Bru- who's in net for the Bruins, by the way? Uh, let me go check. It, uh, it's like, aren't they giving Linus Allmark like $5 million a year? They are. Play him. Is Allmark today. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, don't worry. Don't worry, San Jose. You're going to do it. I believe in you. Don't worry. It's all right. Everyone hits a rough spot. You're going to lose a game eventually, but, you know, it's fine. You're doing well, my guys. I love you. I don't know if they're back back, but isn't it like I don't want to put the correlation there. It's just Evander Kane's not there. They're consistent. Like that's, you know, okay. So what I like about this is that it's the small victories as of right now. They're actually consistent, so we'll just wait and see. They're just well, okay. Well, let's not forget they have a goalie now. Yeah, and he knows pretty good. Yeah, they do. I didn't realize he's like six six. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, this tall goalies. Saros is like the only one who's not. He's like five foot ten. Yeah, and he got lit up last night. Everyone on the team has a point except for three players. Who are they? Uh, Nick Bonino, Lane Peterson, who Lane Peterson, uh, 24 years old, nice. um, and Radam Simek, their defenseman. Hey, if hey, if Carlson and Burns are going, that's all you need. If you can yeah. listen, even at, as crap as they are defensively, you get some good power plays going with those guys, Mir or Meyer, and then Hurdle is still doing his thing, get some saves. The Sharks are gonna win games, and listen. Carlson's gonna win the Norris. It's not easy. No. And then, <laughs> like, and then the sorry, go ahead. 
No, no. I was just going to say like, they have the, we know they have some of the players to build around. It's just a matter of they have, they had to fill out the roster. And I think they did a really bad job of that last year, along with the fact that COVID was a thing and, and it really screwed up a lot of people's season. So maybe they're not as bad as they were last year. I just, I don't know if I'm necessarily convinced yet they're a playoff team. Yeah. They've been very patient with a lot of the young guys, I find. Like Ryan Merkley, I know he's been in and out, but he's someone that I really thought maybe a year or two ago that he would have found a, a spot already. Or even Dylan Gambrell. Where- wait, wait one, one second, one second. I always get it mixed up. Because aren't both the Merkleys there now? Is Ryan the defenseman who is? Yes, mix the older one that's the forward. Yeah, the one who was like New Jersey, like flipped after getting the Taylor. Anyway, okay. Correct. Um, and then we can finish off here looking at the 5-0 Edmonton Oilers. Um, to start the year, I just want to say the Cody CC is, has, an, he has an even rating and he has a single assist. Love to see it. Um, Duncan Keith, only a minus one single assist. Love to see it. Now, the following players, I'll just read you some scoring stuff here. Three assists for Downer Nurse, not bad. Plus four, love to see it. Evan Bouchard's having a decent start to the year. Same with Warren Vogel. Um, and so far, they have six players who are a point per game. Five points in four games for Zach Cassian. <laughs> um, six points in five games, five goals for Zach Hyman. Seven points in five games, all assists for Nugent Hopkins. Eight uh, points in five games for Pulley Harvey. Eleven points... <laughs> For Leon Dreisaitl and 13, six goals in five games for Connor McDavid. Seven power play points. Do you have their uh, hockey reference page up? No, I'm on NHL.com. Okay, so it doesn't have shooting percentage. If if you had to take a guess, what do you think Zach Cassian's shooting percentage is? 20%. 47. 70 Five. <laughs> oh my God. He's taken four shots and scored three times. I would like to see how many of those are tappins. Oh, I'm sure I'm most. Of them. They're all. That's pretty. By the way, if I'm if I'm reading this right, and I, I just have to double check. Okay, no, that's last year because I saw that Mike Smith had three shutouts. I'm like, no, he does not. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's last year. Good, good. Um, no, but no. hey, so far. Both their goaltenders, the save percentage is there. We'll see how it goes in the long term. But I think yeah. people need to remember with Koskinen, by the way, is I think if you look at – no, there was a year before. But last year, you do wonder if you give him a bit of leeway because Smith was hurt at the beginning of the year and they played him into the ground. Um, so I'm, I'm personally rooting for Koskinen to have a good year. Um, but they do – if as soon as that starts to fall off – they need to, especially if, listen, the thing with getting points at the beginning of the season is it gives you technically more runway, aka more room to not fall flat on your face later in the year. Yeah. So, listen, they're going to have the time to start, like, start stuff starts going off for them later in the year. Um, they have the room to make it to go get a goaltender. So, you're saying Zach Cassian's not going to continue this type of play? I'd like to know where he was playing exactly. Because is he on the? Because I, I at some point they were like dry sidle and Leon. Like I, I just I want to know where Zach Cassian's been playing and is it just net front on the pack? Is he back are, on the top six? I would like. How, otherwise, I'd like to know how many. You. Oh, so he doesn't even have a power play point. How? It's on the third line. Oh, he's got one. How the hell does he have three goals? What the hell? Okay, so he's just clearly been no going to that. Zach, he's on. He's on the second power play unit. Um, has that's odd. That's interesting. That's interesting. Boy, one, of, one of them is a power play. Is he goal. a UFA? Because this is a guy they are. No, I think they locked him up, didn't they? I'm gonna double yes. check. Yes, yeah. yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Uh, another two more years after this at three point two. Hey. Yeah. 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 Yo, play your heart out. I mean, listen. Yeah. I just want to see McDavid play worthwhile games. I don't think that's too much to ask, but. He could go. He could score an immense amount of points this year, and it wouldn't like it wouldn't surprise me. He just gets ripped apart in the playoffs, and it's like, oh no! What the downfall of this team will be like would be to me the goaltending. Like it just has to stay steady. If the goaltending starts dipping, then we're gonna have issues. It's gonna be awful when they somehow win the Pacific, and then they just go up against like Colorado or Vegas and just get ripped apart. (laughs) Yeah, 
Yeah, it won't be nice. And we'll wait and see. Yeah, but like credit, five and zero is five and zero. Like yeah, they've surprised take, me. Yeah, they've really surprised me. I'll take ten points, like nine, ten days into the season. Who wouldn't? I think I mentioned like I thought there was gonna be a lot more six five games for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just as if they're playing Calgary, you just kind of give an auto win, right? Because McDavid would just do what he wants. I mean, not to mention it's just again, it's hard to get scored on when McDavid has the puck. Yeah, Let's, Calgary has no centers. Yeah, yeah. It wants like Lindholm sometimes, Monahan they hate, and then like Backland. Yeah. Yeah. That's D. That's that's better than most. Well, but Mangiapane is on the second line now. I love it. Well, he's good. He's a good player. I saw somebody be like, "What's the most underrated def- uh, player in the league?" He was like Mangiapane. It's like no. What? He's good, but like it's still Barkov. It's still Barkov. Is it still Barkov though? Because I feel like yeah, way too many people say he's underrated for the point to say he's underrated. So, there's a difference you know I mean? between us saying someone is under. Okay, listen, we all know who good Barkov is. Yes. How good he is, but I I'm not convinced if you go into first off, most NHL players are technically underrated because if you go into a random lecture hall, let's say an engineering class, and you ask, okay, who's Sidney Crosby? People are gonna know who's Ovechkin. They'll know. Matthews, we're in Toronto. They'll know. McDavid, hopefully they know. Carey Price, he'll be known. If you go into a random room and you're like, hey, who's Thatcher Demko? Yeah. How many people are really going to know that? So if you ask a casual hockey fan in Toronto, Montreal, wherever, I don't know how many of the true stars of the league really are known. You know, I know who Bismack Biombo is. I don't know if he's still playing, but that's just basketball effect, right? It's just, it's, it's just, to us, I'm sure there. it's still like, I think, listen, I'm going to sit here and tell you, yeah, Jacob Slavin's really good. Yeah. I've seen his numbers. I'm like, yeah, that's good. I don't watch Jacob Slavin a lot because I don't watch the, I don't watch the Hurricanes. You know, I can sit here and say, yeah, that's good. But I'm sure that there's like, I don't watch McDavid 30 times a year because I'm not staying up till 1 o'clock when I work the next day watching the Oilers play. You know what I mean? Like, I bet there is at least half the league that average, we don't know how good they actually are. But we're like, yeah, it's Barkov because he is – Again, as I called him, the closest thing to a perfect hockey player, but it's like, in the grand scheme of the game, half the league is. And again, with him, no one in Toronto is screaming about, yeah, that Florida team. They're like, oh yeah, who just won the cup? No, the other one. You know I I kind of feel that with, um, not just with Barkoff, but his line as well. Huberto's another big one, where it's like, I have like 90 point seasons, everyone's like, Really? Like, you know, he's he's probably another good one, but like uh like you like You, you know I'm referencing, right, Adam? Hmm? Yeah, Sorry, I know for... who you're I know who you're referencing. I got I got the you got it? Player, okay, you got third it. player on that line. But who's yeah, Adam, Verhage. Who's the, yeah, Verhage. Yeah, no, but you know, <laughs> like Adam Fox, like I knew Adam Fox was good, but when halfway through the season everyone was like, He's winning the Norris, I was like, Wait, what? Yeah. And then I watch him play and I'm like, Oh, I remember the first time I got to see Caleb McCarr play was when I was at a Montreal, Colorado game. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, 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 this guy. Oh, he's pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But how many people are taking the time to watch a 9 o'clock Eastern game for Colorado? You know, Ratanian's probably there, too, to be honest. To us, underrated to us is very different because even if we don't watch the games, we're going to read and know about them or listen to people talk about them. But to a casual person... Barkov is hella underrated, 100%. 100%. Not everyone is 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 um is our boy Alex Baumgartner, who's like technically like what was he Swiss American and Canadian, and he just loves out. No, not everyone's like that. So I'm still gonna say Barkov. Okay. 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 Anything else, or I think we're done. I think that's everything. Okay. Um. On that note, um, hockey. Um, that was fun. Good fun. Um, hockey is a fun sport. Only when your team wins, though. Otherwise, it's like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Don't buy a Mac that doesn't have USB and has the Thunder cable only because it's lame. They're bringing that um, back. USBs. Really? Yeah. Back by popular demand. 
Yeah, you hate when you go necessity. Into, yeah, you hate when you go into the store for university and it's like Ryerson recommending this computer, and then you go in and like the, the Best Buy people were like, "Yeah, everyone's going to pure like pure Thunder cable." And it's like, "Oh, cool!" And then it's four years later and no one is, and you're like, "Cool." I watched the event and they were talking. They brought back like a couple other things they that they used to do. And they're like, yeah, we never wanted you to take that away. It's like, they still, okay. they still <laughs> like made billions of dollars. Where, where is the headphone jack on iPhones? Is that yeah, I don't back? know. If, I don't think that's coming back. No. Like, I, don't, I, I, I don't care if it's thinner. I need convenience. It, it really make like it, it being like another third of the size that the phone is now is going to be that much of an inconvenience to my pocket. No, it's not. They're forcing you to do the Bluetooth route yeah the airpods yeah it's, your dog doesn't like it either it's like it airpods no yeah. it's just dumb okay um thank you for listening check out all our social medias youtube channel me daniel cgru alex blog um shows twitter all that tiktok all that the dogs are getting mad um yeah thank you goodbye bye guys <laughs>